Uno, dos, tres. R.I.P. to the competition. I heard that they're coming through you. I heard that they're coming through you. I heard that they're coming through Hello, 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 and welcome to Threes of Crowd Sportscast. I'm your host, Ray Jones, and of course, I got the one and only Kelsey Nelson in the house. Kelsey, what's good? Hey, what's up, everyone? Big man James, what's up, man? What's up, what's up, so we're here, we're here with an exciting day. This show's going to have a lot of energy. we got a special guest for you guys later on today. We'll get to that in a little bit. Like always, we're going to honor some women in history. So, Kelsey, take it away. Sure. So, this Women's History Month, I decided to honor Miss Ann Myers Drysdale, who I actually had the privilege of meeting. She's a prolific retired American basketball player, sportscaster, and author. Um, I'm honoring her today because she was the first player to be part of the U.S. national team while still in high school. She also was the first woman at UCLA to be signed to a four-year athletic scholarship for college. She also still remains the only woman to sign a free agent contract with the National Basketball Association team, which she did with the Indiana Pacers back in 1979. Basically, this lady does it all. She has a gold medal from the Pan American Games in 1975. She she led UCLA to a national championship. She was drafted by Houston as the first ever WBL draftee. She's wrote a book that's went on to best-selling. She's in the Hall of Fame. So basically, this woman has done it all and really paved the way for women in women's basketball. So thank you to Ann. All right, so, uh, you know, I picked basketball coach slash former player Dawn Staley. She's a legend in the hood, like I would like to say. But um, <laughs> <laughs> she's Dawn Staley. I always loved Dawn Staley. Back when I was a kid, I loved Dawn Staley. But anyway, um, she's a three-time SEC champion as the South Carolina head coach. She's a three-time gold medalist as a player and a two-time gold medalist as an assistant coach. She's a six-time WNBA All-Star, a five-time conference coach of the year, um, back in 2011, she was voted in by the fans as one of the top 15 players in WNBA history. Um, in 2013, she was inducted in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. 2017, she was nominated as the head coach of USA Basketball. See, my woman I, I chose this week was Dominique Dawes. Dominique Dawes is a retired American gymnast. Uh, she was known in the uh, gymnast community as Awesome Dawson. She uh, won Olympic uh, gold with the U.S. women's team genetics team in uh, 1996 and she also became the first african-american to win an individual olympic medal in the women's gymnastics she, she paved the way for the girls that we have going on right now and um as she when she retired she became mostly an activist uh she uh and in 2010 she became co-chair of the president's council for fitness sports and nutrition so she's been doing a lot ever since she retired and now she entered in uh she entered the 2005 Hall of Fame, and and she's been she's been all around. She's been all around doing her thing. You know, I I like to give a shout out to Dominique Dawes. She's also married now, so she's known as uh, Dominique Margot Dawes Thompson now. <laughs> I love how yeah. you made sure she was off the market. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, she's off I, used the market. To, I used to have <laughs> a first on Dominique Dawes. I ain't, uh. <laughs> See, I knew you guys wanted to make sure you said that. I just want to add something real quick. Big shout out to Dominique Dawes. She used to train at Hills Gym, which I used yeah, to go to yeah, in Rockville, Maryland, before I hit my growth spurt and got too tall and they kicked me out. So everyone, shout out that used to go to Hills Gym, and Dominique Dawes was our idol growing up. So yeah, she's, she's a true role model. She's from Silver Spring. Yep, Moco. Yeah. Very proud. <laughs> 
All right, so this day in sports history, of course, uh, today is March 26th. So let's go ahead and zoom back in the time machine to 1974. Big George Foreman. You know him as the Foreman Grill Man, but back in the day, he was a legendary boxer. Uh, George Foreman, TKO Ken Norton in the second round for the heavyweight boxing title back in Venezuela. Man, that was one of the greatest fights. Both of them were in the prime of their careers, so that was a great thing for that. So, um, Kelsey, I know you said you had some big news you wanted to announce, so go ahead and take it away. Yeah, some very exciting news that was first talked about at this year's 2017 NBA All-Star. We have a new documentary coming out on one of the most prolific basketball figures, I would say, ever to play the game of basketball. The first to the first to do it, a documentary based on Earl Lloyd's life and career, is coming out this April, which is very exciting. The film is executive produced by Tony Parker, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Carmelo Anthony, and Michael Finley. The film is told by Lloyd's perspective, and it's narrated by Dion Cole. It explores his early life, college years at West Virginia State University, and the years he played in the league in time as a coach. Um, and his time really as a strength um, of the community in Detroit and beyond. But again, this is something you guys should all see coming out in theaters in April. Of course, back in 1950, he paved the way for men of color to play in the league and really changed the nature of the game. So just wanted to shout that out, and I hope everyone gets a chance to check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go see that one, man. That's going to be a great story. So uh, make sure we all check that out. All right, so let's move right along. March is here. March Madness continues, man. Let's get right into the NCAA tournament. Uh, number one, Gonzaga beat number 11, Xavier. So, uh, James, how do you feel about Gonzaga beating Xavier? I mean, I mean, they're finally going to the Final Four. It's, you know, it's about time they make it to the Final Four. But uh, it was a great game. I mean, Xavier, you know, they just, just ran out of gas. You know, they had a great they – had, they had nothing to hold their heads down about. They had a great uh, – had a great season. You know, they had a great run. Nobody came down to the end. And Gonzaga was just too strong. All right, Kelsey? I mean, I feel like James said it best, but Xavier was playing some good basketball. I don't think anybody thought they would get to where they got to. But Gonzaga, they're, they're straight balling out, I have to say. And as James said, their first Final Four in school history. So big congrats to them. And I love it because people thought they would be the number one seed to get ousted first. And here they are going to Phoenix uh, in the Final Four. So congrats to Gonzaga. Right. All right. Well, speaking of number one seeds, number one Kansas lost to number three Oregon. So, uh, Kelsey, how do you feel about Oregon upsetting uh, number one Kansas? First of all, I love it. I saw that Oregon is looking for its first Final Four since 1939. You guys know how long ago that was. It's crazy to even think about. I think it was actually the first Final Four that they ever done. And, of course, meaning Kansas. Kansas, if they had made it, it would have been their 15th trip to the Final Four. But also, I mean, 74 to 60, it was a big score that Oregon beat them by. And I really felt like they uh, showed their athleticism. And um, the Ducks, I mean, the Ducks held them in. People were talking about how Josh Jackson was quiet. Some people said as Lonzo Ball was, but we're not going to go there. Uh, but it was a great game. So congrats to Oregon Ducks. All right, so let's move on to another big upset. upset excuse me, uh, number seven South Carolina. Nobody expected them to last this long. They beat uh, number four Florida. James, how do you feel about that game? I know that game. Yo, it, that was a pretty interesting game. It was pretty close too. Yo, their coach is intense. The players are intense, and their defense is incredible. They go after it like twenty minutes. Every half they go after it, and I feel like you know they why why not them why not them to the I mean they played they played their hearts off you know what I mean and I think I think it's gonna be it's it's gonna be nice for them to go to final four you know it's it's you know almost like it's not a Cinderella story but you know it's it's close the closest thing we got to it 
I mean, South Carolina right now, as James said, they're really riding this bandwagon. They're a number seven seed. I don't think if anybody said they picked them in their final four, I don't believe them. I want to see their bracket. I want to see it in person. Um, I know back in October, people said they had a 300 uh, to one chance of going even to the final four. And just their story. And I love their coach and just how they've really rallied. And I love what he says. He says, why not? Every game he says, why not? Why can't they advance to the next round? So, I don't know. I feel, like it's, I feel like they're really the dream team right now. Who knows if they want to really shake up college basketball. So it would be it would be exciting. So Gamecocks, rooting for you. I want to definitely say I'm rooting for the Gamecocks as well because, man, one of the best things about them, one of the key qualities to their team being successful is their defense, man. They're long. They put a yep. lot of pressure on Florida down the stretch. They played great defense. Yep. And it was a great game. Uh, speaking and of real great quick, games, Red, Oh, go ahead. No, just to say real quick, I mean, I saw that they had lost six of their last nine games before entering the tournament, and I really love how they're representing the SEC, who I feel like does not get enough credit for their basketball strength um, as basketball school. So, like you said, they're just doing it all, and they're both on both sides of the ball, I think they're playing great basketball. Definitely. I definitely agree with that one. All right, so I saved the best for last. Of course, this game ended not too long ago. Yes, and this sir. Might have been the this might have been the best game out of the four. Uh, number one, North Carolina, squeaked out a game against number two, Kentucky. Man, before I pass it to anybody, I wanted to salute to uh, Malik Monk, man. He hit two threes Definitely. to bring Kentucky back and keep them in the game, and it was pretty close. And, you know, James, how you feel about that game? Did you watch it? I mean, I think that was a championship game right there. I, feel, I believe mm-hmm. North Carolina's going to go all the way now. And that was, a champ- that was the most exciting game I've seen all tournament long. Kelsey? Oh, let's, talk, let's talk about my bracket, please. No, before I get to your bracket, sir. <laughs> no, but I, mean, I feel like James said it best. I feel like I was watching the championship game. I was at the edge of my bed just watching. And I love just that last minute was so much anxiety going back and forth. But I really think UNC's defense has to be spoken to, how they limited Fox to 13 points and Monk to 12 points. They limited the boards. And this was great because they shot 3 of 15 for behind the arc and still managed uh, to win that game. And, I mean, Luke May, you have to give him props for UNC, hitting the game-winning shot as a walk-on to the team. I just – I love it. I love it. He's representing Huntersville, North Carolina very well. Just – I'm rooting for them. And I feel like they, they're seeking that redemption that we all know they wanted from last year. Huntsville. <laughs> Kelsey, Kelsey shouts out somebody every show. I, really I don't know. Did. I just that realized that. I'm not getting paid for it. That's the crazy part, but okay. You need to get that money, Kelsey. <laughs> All right, well, before we move on to the next topic, this is the preview of the uh, Final Four. It's going to be number one, Gonzaga, versus number seven, number seven, South Carolina. And in the other region, we'll have number one, North Carolina, versus number three, Oregon. So, Gonzaga versus South Carolina. I'll let, I'll let Kelsey go first on that one. Hmm. I, you know what? I'm going to ride with, as much as I like Gonzaga and their size, I'm going to go with South Carolina. I'm going to go out on a limb on this one, and I'm going to say South Carolina's going to pull the upset. I mean, either way, that bracket, that side of the bracket is over for me anyway, so I'm going to pick Gonzaga on that side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just keep riding the South Carolina wave, man. I'm going with uh, like South Carolina. Exciting. And, and right, the crazy thing is I read that both the teams haven't made the Final Four since FDR was president. All right, to the other side, uh, Oregon versus North Carolina. I know James got North Carolina. I, I feel like as Oregon, I like I like how athletic they are, but I, like I said, I feel like North Carolina is seeking that redemption from last year, and I feel like you can't stop the Tar Heels. So I'm feeling like the Tar Heels are going to win that one. All right, uh, I'm gonna probably go with North Carolina. I want I kind of want to see a North Carolina versus South Carolina. I like that storyline. So. <laughs> I like that storyline. James, you want to add anything with your North Carolina Tar Heels? I mean, you know, my team was always Kentucky. And, you know, I ride with Kentucky mm-hmm. Blue, but 
I didn't go with my heart, and I told you that North Carolina was going to win. And I also had North Carolina <laughs> in my bracket, which puts me right now. I'm down ten points, but I'm the only one who can win this bracket now. No. So just just give me the victory, as James Hippolyte needs to win this game, and, and just give me the victory. I am the one who beat everybody in the bracket. Let's just put it out there. All right, I'm gonna print your certificate out tomorrow. I wish you could give I him a prize. I know you would think this guy's winning crazy amounts of money, but props to you, James. Listen, listen, Kelsey. Nobody is talking about how low in the totem pole you are in the bracket. Sure, we're not, you know what? I leave the past in the past. Let's let's just move forward. Yes, yes, yes. Let's move forward. Before James, move did forward. you see Exhibit A where I pulled out the the receipts on Kelsey oh picking the hole? Oh my God! Did I? Did I? Not all the, receipts need to be seen. I didn't want, want to bring that up. I was feeling me, optimistic. Let me also say that Kelsey goes with her heart, and she's from the DMV. And her <laughs> Maryland Terps lost the up. other day. You so, know so what? The late, are out. You know what? Oh. It's okay, though, because the Lady Terps represented very well. I'm still proud of them. Fear the turtle forever. Hashtag, you can't mess Who with the turtle. Fear a turtle. What's Everyone fears a turtle. Have you seen a terrapin in real life, James? Don't What's do that. Turtle? Everyone no, fears a turtle. Have you seen a terrapin in real life? <laughs> you a in real life? Ray, you have to move on before a Terp Nation comes after James, and there's a lot of us. We have a strong alumni. Base. I'm never going back to the DMV, so you can come after me if you want. <laughs> What's a Terp? Oh, my gosh. Onward, Ray. Onward. I'm going to say All right, James. So, yeah, let's, move, let's just change the whole sport. We're going to talk about the World <laughs> Baseball Classic. Did anybody even know the World Baseball Classic was going on? I feel like it wasn't televised that much. Of course, I watched it a couple a couple games, but I know a lot of people didn't even know it was going on. But uh, Team USA beat Puerto Rico 8-0. to They dominated that game, too. Uh, Marcus Stroman pitched six innings, only gave up one hit, and had three strikeouts, and he was named the MVP. And on top of that, he vows to return in 2021. So were you guys excited about the World Baseball Classic? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch it, but since I have a lot of friends who love baseball, especially the my, my good Latina and Latino friends that watch baseball and told me about the game. I mean, it was exciting. I will say that. And for the USA to win, and they were like the underdogs. Of course, everyone thought Puerto Rico would win. Even before that, I know people thought the, Domin- the Dominican Republic, who had been uh, the reigning champs, would win. But it's a good win for USA. And I feel like a lot of people, more than I've ever seen it in my whole lifetime, were talking about the World Baseball Classic. And I feel like more than ever, it's great to see the USA win and really unite people. So big congrats. I love it. I love that they shut out um, Puerto Rico in the game. So very exciting times. I watched the highlights, and, and, I, and I was happy to see America take back their pastime. We and, needed uh, shout it. Out, <laughs> shout out to Audie. Uh, her husband is uh, Adam Jones. You know, he, he, he was the, I think he was the captain of that team. But uh, they, they played a great game. It was awesome to see, uh, you know, Americans hold it down. You know, because they've been not winning the the WBA for a long, the WBC for a long time. Shout mm-hmm. out to, to to bringing it back home. A lot of people consider football a new pastime, so let's move on to football and let's talk about the No Fun League. How the NFL has now <laughs> there, there's been rumors or talks about them releasing a, a new rule and videos to show people how they can celebrate for touchdown celebrations, what's legal, what's not legal, one thrust is good, two thrusts is not good. So let's just talk about that. Are, how, are we in favor of the new touchdown celebration rule? 87% of our fans said celebrations are cool and the NFL is doing too much. It's becoming a no-fun league. So, Kelsey, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm agreeing with the fans. When I saw that and I, I saw Mr. Troy Vincent, executive vice president of NFL Football Operations, tweet out that they were going to do a video, touchdown dances are one of the most fun parts of the game, especially as a fan. I mean, me growing up 
of course, being a Ravens fan, when Jacoby Jones is on the Ravens, you always look forward to his uh, touchdown dances the most because he, he could do a lot of them. And being from uh, Louisiana, you know, he had a lot, of, a lot of special tricks in it. But I feel like when you limit that, you're really limiting the fans' uh, football experience because everybody loves them. They're on everybody's highlight stuff. We see them all over Twitter once the dances are done. Who can forget um, Antonio Brown's twerk last year after his touchdown that literally went viral? So I just feel like NFL, like, let's just let the boys play and let them have fun and let the fans enjoy and get their money's worth that they pay for those expensive tickets. But isn't Antonio Brown the main reason why they changed the rule because of that thrusting situation? But it was really good, so I have to give him props on that, even though even though his Steelers killed my Ravens last year. But, I mean, I feel like it's fun, right, Ray? You were laughing about it. I mean, it went viral. Like, it makes people have fun, and it really brought people into the game that probably weren't even into the game that, you know, just wanted to talk about his dancing. James, you hear Kelsey? She's a little excited by his twerking action over there. Oh, yeah, I didn't get that. Here we go. I'm just talking about touchdown dance. <laughs> That's but, uh Oh, but my it, gosh. It just goes to show how the NFL is not – it's not up to the times, you know, like players have to show their individuality and they're not doing that at all. And this is why the NBA is so far ahead of its time, you know, like, and, and it's too much restraint. It's like you're playing in high school. Like, mm-hmm. like players are professional, they're professional football players. Like, come on now. I mean, I feel like you do touchdown dances and pop Warner even like, don't, don't, don't yeah. do that. I just feel like it's too much. And again, how is watching a video going to show somebody how to appropriately dance? Conservative NFL football. Conservative it's NFL like football. when you were in high school and teachers were like, oh, you can't grind too much at the prom or at the homecoming. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything, right? Because everyone saw that. So I just feel like it's not going to do anything. Yo, football is all about chaperones. <laughs> That's what it's starting to feel yeah. like. Yeah. All right, so let's, uh, let's transition over to the NBA then. Former Chicago Bulls GM Jerry Krause passed away recently. So, um... Um, he was the GM for the Bulls from 1985 to 2003. He won the NBA Executive of the Year award two times. Um, he was known for drafting Scotty or the draft day trade for Scotty Pippen. He drafted Horace Grant and Tony Kukoc, and he also traded for Dennis Rodman. So what we did was put a poll up online, which was Jerry Krause's greatest acquisition. 57% said acquiring Pippen was his greatest move, and 36% said hiring Phil Jackson was his greatest move. So I'm going to pass it on to you guys. Uh, Kelsey, where is he at in the list of GMs in NBA history? I mean, I feel like that's why it was such a morning for him, um, and we saw Phil Jackson's response to it. He was one of the greatest to do it. Anytime you can architect six-time NBA champions, uh, Chicago Bulls. And, I mean, you kind of said it. I mean, you could talk about when he drafted Scottie Pippen back in 87 or when he acquired uh, Dennis Rodman. Um, the 1995 trade with the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, I feel like he just had it. He was able to pull all the strings uh, to get this perfect team. I still remember, uh, actually, my I had a poster in my room of him signing Michael Jordan uh, when he first signed Michael Jordan to his eight-year, $25 million deal back in 1988. I just feel like there's so many things that you could do. But I actually really like what David Kaplan of CSN Chicago said. Um, he felt like he should have gotten the Hall of Fame call from Springfield um, before he died in his lifetime. Because I feel like, honestly, he's one of the greatest. And there's not too many names that you can put greatest by in terms of what uh, Jerry was able to do during his lifetime on the basketball side. I feel like you should celebrate uh, a person while he's here, give him his flowers mm-hmm. while he's here. So he should have definitely went to the Hall of Fame. But I, I got to give him all, all time. I got to put him on the GM list as number two. And I got to put number one, Jerry West. So J- Jerry Cross is my number two. I, he's my number two guy. And he, he's a genius. And I think – Pippen, acquiring Pippen was the, the greatest thing he ever done because who knew Scottie Pippen? Like, nobody right. knew of Scottie Pippen. So I think that's the greatest thing he's done. 
Well, before we move on, you said Jerry West is uh, number one. Why why would you put him over Jerry Krause? Because Jerry West came out to do a transaction from Charlotte Hornets, who is Kobe Bean Jordan. Oh, Kobe <laughs> Bean Bryant. I said Jordan. <laughs> Kobe Bean. Kobe Bean Bryant. Kelsey, you like it? You like how I threw James at Alley? You both the backboard because I knew it was headed back to the Lakers. Yeah, you so I said, let it. me, let me, let me throw this lob up for James real quick. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. Funny. I knew that was going to come back to the Lakers somehow. I said, let him go ahead and get it off his chest. Kobe being bright. My bad. Kobe being bright. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep the show going. Uh, the Georgetown Hoyas are, you know, we're all alumni, alumnus of uh, Georgetown. They finally fired John Thompson the third. So a lot of people Aww. say it was a long. A lot of people say it was a long time coming. However, on Twitter, seventy-three percent agreed with him being fired. Yeah. James, I know you got a lot of Georgetown animosity in your heart. I mean, so I'm gonna let you get that off your chest. Being an alumni, I, I have to say, uh, how long do we have to wait for them to even make it to the tournament? When's the last time Georgetown made it to the uh, NCAA tournament? Does anybody remember? I want to say it was three years. Three years ago, from a team who's always been in the tournament as a Big East. Powerhouse. Do you guys remember that? Do you guys even yeah. remember that? See, I mean, but my thing is, you know, you running a Princeton offense. It's just, it's just time for you to. I understand who your dad is and what your name is, but you didn't live up to the hype. You didn't live up to it. And 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 if it was anybody else, he would have. They would have been gone. So so it was it was time for him to go a long time ago. All right. Well, let me ask you this question though: Is it? Really, his fault. Think of it this way: the Big East is not the Big East the way it used to be. Not the Big East. It's it's hard to recruit now. You got to remember, it's it's all Catholic schools for the most part. A lot of the big name schools have left, so the Big East conference as a whole can't really recruit. So it's him losing games or not being as good as the prestige of Georgetown is. Is it his fault? Patrick Ewing's not walking through that door. Right. I understand you said that, and you brought up a great point, saying that it's not the same Big East. Exactly. It's easier. It's not the same Big East. The Big East from before, they would have never have made it this far. So, so for you saying that, it, it makes it even worse because the competition is not the same. They're playing. They're losing a lot of so, out of conference games too, though. So it's not. I'm just. I'm not saying just in, in the conference. No, I'm just. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, old Big East basketball. We can all say everybody that knows when Georgetown was at its glory was when the Big East was the pillar, right? of college basketball. But, I mean, I feel like – I think – I mean, let's be honest. John Thompson got fired. If you look at his resume, he actually has a pretty impressive uh, resume. Overall, he was 278 and 151 at Georgetown. Eight, okay. NCAA, eight NCAA tournament appearances, including okay. one Final Four in 2007. But let's be okay. honest. The reason why John Thompson III was fired was because of the last two seasons. Remember last season, I was covering the Big East tournament last season. The Big East tournament, they lost to Villanova, right? And Villanova went on to win the championship. So, okay. But then this year, and last year they were in the NIT tournament. Remember this year, they didn't even get to the NIT tournament, which was like a big dagger. And you have to remember at Georgetown, basketball is the one sport they can count on, obviously, for all the alumni, all the income, for all the donors and all that stuff. And, of course, yes, his dad was the one that got the championship for the Hoyas. So, of course, that helped them. And, yes, Georgetown just completed the Thompson Center. So that probably also helped them because obviously the new Thompson Center can also get recruits. But overall, again, I think it, I think it was a quick – I mean, I, do I like how Georgetown record was, especially being alumni? No, but at the same time, I don't know who's going to want this coaching job because it's big shoes to fill, and it's not the most glorious job out there right now in college basketball to get. So I'm still kind of in the middle of if it was the right time to let him go, even though, yes, I know he's lost recruits and all that stuff. And, I mean – 
you know, he just he's he's really unfortunately not had the best luck on the side the past two years. Honestly, I, I want them to give a look to my man Patrick Ewing. I feel like right. it'll be good right. to bring I would him love in. That. Yes. He'll bring back a lot of history. He brought back the winning mentality to uh, Georgetown. And just to, to satisfy the alumni, that'll be a good look, I think, as a morale thing. People are like, okay, we got some blood, some Georgetown Hoya blood back in the, in the city. And it'll just bring a lot of fans back. He might not win right away, but, you know, it'll just kind of bring morale up a little bit. But that's just my personal. Or even my man from Miami, Alonzo Warning. Get one of these guys back in here or to, to change things up. You know, they need some, they need some old-time faces to bring back that spirit, you know, because yeah, hey, you got to be honest. Two thousand seven, you know, Kelsey. Two thousand seven. You know how long ago the that was. The last Final Four, though, but he did have eight NCAA tournament appearances in thirteen years. Eight okay, tournament okay. appearances. What have you done for me lately? Like, like this is how you got to look at college. And I sports. get that. That's why he got fired. But still, I, like I said, people are bashing him. But he, I'm he not, had I mean, a decent resume. He hasn't done nothing in Georgetown in the last how many years? I see. <laughs> yeah, I, I am because it's like, yo, that offense is trash. So, James, new yes. coach comes in, right? New coach right. comes in, and we already know their recruiting class isn't well. They had a player. They have players leaving. They're taught. They have right. seniors. Some Why of their best players leaving. leaving. Leadership. Leadership. So you, how long? How long before Georgetown basketball gets turned back around? And who do you want coaching at the helm? I say, yo, get get one of these old guy, old time guys back. Um, Matter of fact, remember the old coach they had? What was his name? It starts with an E. James, I'm going to need you to have a more well-thought-out plan before you fire <laughs> <laughs> You can't just throw it out there. That's <laughs> the coach before Thompson wasn't bad. He wasn't bad at all. We got fired man, for a reason, so. <laughs> no, he got fired because of politics. That's why he got fired. He got fired because Let of me politics. just say real quick, though, the reason I knew he was going to get fired this season after the Hoyas lost to Arkansas State at home in McDonough Gym. Arkansas I, and that was State. a televised. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that's when I knew this year that it was his last year. But I thought the timing of it was really weird. But I will say, like how classy he went out. It seemed like it was a mutual respect with Lee Reed um, and President DeGoya for uh, Georgetown. So that's how he went out. Of course, this like devastated the whole DMV area because anybody that lives here knows Georgetown basketball, Maryland basketball, kind of control the area around here that and the Thompson era. You know, that it did because the Thompson name, as you said, in itself is just so strong. Oh, it's so oh I, think, I think that record for, for years on end did devastated them. I don't think him leaving <laughs> devastated them. Honestly, that's a stress reliever. James, I'm so happy you already got your diploma from Georgetown. You were saying some facts. It's the truth. Like, somebody got to see the truth sometimes. Yeah, Pat Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe, come back. Somebody. <laughs> Uh, perfect time since James is in the truth telling mode. We might as well switch it over to Hip to the Game where he can give his opinion based debate session. Uh, but first, before we go, we have a guest that we want to get and give a call to, uh, Mr. Jamel Cutler. He's a writer for, for the NBA Hoop magazine. He covers the New York Knicks, the uh, Brooklyn Nets, and other NBA teams. So we're going to ahead and try to give him a call live on the radio. So you guys bear with us for a second. Well, James, I know you're excited to talk about the East. I'm going to hold my yeah, talk. Y'all, talk right now. Y'all already know I'm happy, so. It's ringing. Uh oh, uh oh. Hello? 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 Okay, well, that might not have worked. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 think that was, I think that was the wrong number. Ray called the time to show. Oh, he's on April Fool's joke early. Oh, you crazy. Ray just called the Chinese store. 
<laughs> I was getting a little hungry. Let's try this one more time. All right. All right. That was pretty funny. She's like, hello? Why didn't nobody say nothing? Though? Y'all were all scared to say something. That's pretty I was funny. Like, I, didn't order, I didn't order no food. This is live TV, people. Hello? Yes. Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to coming on for a while now. Like, all right, you the right person. <laughs> Finally, yeah. I dialed the wrong number the first time. I apologize. We had a little small crisis real quick, but, you know, we, we welcome you <laughs> we to the show. Uh, all right, but we welcome you to the show. So, James, go ahead. Take it away. Hip to the game. Mr. Cutler, how you doing? Uh, check it out. So, uh, the fan base has spoken, and they're saying that the Cavs, are, are they in trouble in the East? But uh, 56% saying number one, the number one seed is going to the Cavs, by 44% are saying they will not have the number one seed. What do you think about that, Mr. Cutler? Well, are the Cavs in trouble as far as the playoffs go? The answer is no, because obviously the East is weak, and the only two teams that they have to contend with is Boston and Washington. They start with Washington. They have a decent starting five, but their bench, they really don't have a bench to really contend with the Cavs. Boston, they might give the Cavs a run, but at the end, they might win a game or two, but the Cavs, at the end of the day, they're going back to the NBA Finals, and this will be LeBron his, I believe, his eighth straight or seventh straight. Maybe they'll get their defense together against Golden State, which I still don't think will be a problem. But they don't have an inside presence to really to do anything half-court geared in the playoffs. All right, well, let me throw a curveball at you because this is a team that I threw out earlier in the season. Uh, well, closer to the trade deadline once they made a couple of, uh, transactions. I like the Toronto Raptors. Granted, right now, Kyle Lowry's dealing with a little bit of an injury, but once he's full strength, you don't feel as though Toronto has a deep enough roster when they picked up P.J. Tucker and um, and they picked up uh, Ibaka. You don't think they have a deep enough roster to challenge the Cavs better than Boston or the Wizards? Well, P.J. and Ibaka, they were, I mean, the Rosen and Lowry, they have a history of just disappearing altogether. Lowry disappeared the season before that in the playoffs. He disappeared. The season before that, he disappeared in the playoffs, and I believe he's coming off a um, a hand injury. I'm not yeah. really sure. Once again, LeBron and the rest of the Cavs are going to have an easy run for the finals. You think it's an automatic rematch for the uh, Golden State game to, in the West? Golden State, um, I'm kind of sticking on them. I wouldn't be surprised if, like Houston, if they kind of squeak by Golden State. But the Spurs, I think they're a dark horse that nobody really talked about yet. Year after year, so like if Golden State doesn't come out the West, my pick is the Spurs. And I'm gonna throw this out for next year for the East. I might get some grief from some of you guys, but the Knicks they'll be in the playoffs. <laughs> I just want you to say that one more time. Just say that for me one more time. <laughs> I'll go one step further. The Knicks they'll be in the conference finals. Wow. <laughs> James, hello. James, you there? I heard that. I heard that. I heard that. Jamal, hey, you can't um, erase that now. It's been recorded. So you said it live. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, James, I'm going to need you to turn in your uniform because so, we just found your replacement. So just go ahead and <laughs> we'll, we'll take it out to check. Don't even worry about it. I'm kind of a, like, I don't even know what to say about that. Like, could you repeat that? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you want me to go watch that for the damn conference finals? Yes. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. All right. Uh, by the end, by the beginning of eighteen, nineteen, there'll be a banner raised at Madison Square Garden opening night. Oh, I mean, oh. yeah, yeah definitely. No, I understand what you're saying. There can be a banner raised, and it will be for the WNBA. Like, yes, the Ooh, Liberty. The New York the Liberty, Liberty. Will win. The New York <laughs> Liberty will win by eighteen, uh, nineteen. I, I believe. That. I can I agree with that one. Can. 
I can't agree. I with definitely that. believe that. But the Knicks, the Knicks. Uh, that's so, bold word. That's bold. That that's Super Bowl right now. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. He's the, the smartest guest we've ever had. Ever, ever in history of history of ever, he's the most intelligent guest we've ever had. Let's be clear. Look, look, this is how the Knicks can um can win it all. Break it down to him because he don't believe me when I say it. And they could start this off season. Keep Porzingis, keep Hernan Gomez, and maybe like a few other young players. I like Melo a lot, but he has to go. Somebody had to pay you for you to say that. Something happened. Something happened. <laughs> I think they might win one before a team in Washington D.C. Oh, oh no! I, 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 I knew it was coming. Take a shot. I knew a shot was going to be. No, no, don't say LA. Right? Don't say LA. <laughs> and LA. Let's be clear. Oh my LA. gosh. LA. We have we have too many championships for us to count. Come on, come on. Let's let's get serious, right? Speaking of the Knicks, um, the marijuana charge, twenty Ooh, twenty game yeah, suspension. Can, can, can we talk about this? Can we talk about this, please? Okay, let me. I'll, no. I'll, I'll talk about that because that was irrelevant. He's out for the season anyway, and we were probably going to void the contract, either let him retire or we was going to release him. So regardless, oh, he was chilling. He, can, he didn't care about it. What contract? What contract? We was going to him out most likely because oh, he knows okay. Okay. he was already injured for the rest of the season. He didn't care about twenty game suspension. He said I wasn't playing again anyway. So that's an a, a invalid point. That doesn't matter. We're going to the chip. You heard it here first from our guest. It's still money burnt. It's still money burnt, still money spent. 20 games, you don't get paid. What do you mean? That's money we get back oh, in the pocket. Oh, okay, 20 games. <laughs> but, but, but the rest of that contract, you're going to have to pay something. It's okay. It's okay? No, <laughs> never okay. It's never okay for the Knicks. Never. Right? It's too funny. Very. So in denial. So... Since you think Cleveland is going, even though, even though, even though we saw the great game that the Washington Wizards put on them last night at home, defeating them, moving just 2.5 games behind the Cavs in first place um, in the East. I want to know, so Mike Wise from the Undefeated tweeted out, we just saw the Eastern Conference Finals last night between Cleveland and Washington. So you don't believe that's true at all? I mean, it can happen, but, but no matter who Cleveland played, they're going to beat them. So even though you like Washington starting five and you don't think they have a strong bench, even though they got the new acquisitions and really have been playing great basketball, no chance the Wizards are winning the East. No, not even with the mighty Jason Smith anchoring that bench. <laughs> Who's been playing a lot Whoa. better basketball. I'm helping Jason Smith get, get respect on his name. He's been playing great basketball. And, and the Celtics, you're just riding them off quickly, even though they're just half a game behind the Cavs right now. No, the Celtics, they're just too young, and they really don't have enough pieces right now to contend. But next year, with the graphic, and they still have that space. Real quick, real quick, I'm going to read off who the Cavs play before the end of the regular season. So they have 10 games left. Next up, they play the Spurs, the Bulls, 76ers, Pacers, Magic, Celtics, Hawks twice, Heat, and Raptors. Do you think that's 10 wins, or how many wins and how many losses do you think they have coming up for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, they'll probably go six and four, maybe five and five. It's just all about if Coach Lou is if he's going to rest his players or he's going to play them. And that's what it that's what it boils down to. Okay, and you know the Cavs are right right now ranked dead last in defensive ranking ratings in the whole NBA, right? No, no, second to last. The Lakers are last. No, no, no. They just updated it. Lakers are right above right above them. Oh, good. That's great. Okay, well, that's impressive. So we'll see if Cleveland uh, advances. But we thank you for coming on and your bold prediction of the Knicks. I'm sure all of New York was 
very happy to have you and hear you say what you said on the show. But thank you for coming on. All right. Well, thank you for having me on. And then the next time I'll come on, we'll be talking about the Knicks. And All right. I'll be going to speak. <laughs> I know Ray is happy. (laughs) Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right. All right, so let's go ahead and transition over to Kelsey's segment of the show, Listening with Kanan. Kelsey, take it away. All right, so we just finished a great basketball talk, but now we're going to transfer over to hockey, and we're going to transfer over to USA Hockey. And if you guys didn't know, there's some turmoil. Right now, the USA Women's Hockey Team is boycotting the upcoming International Ice Hockey Federation World Championships. So last week, the 23-member team announced they would boycott the World Championship over wage and other benefit issues. Training camp was scheduled to start last Wednesday. The World Championship is this week, you guys, on March 31st. They released a statement saying this, as we have maintained from the beginning, this issue is more about more about uh, than the compensation of the current team. It's about equitable treatment for female players now and in the future. So they're looking for an agreement that will benefit the next generation of players even more than the current players. For that reason and the fact that the younger players identify with us, we are confident that they would not choose to play. So basically, can you guys believe that in 2017 we're still having these issues over wage benefits of women hockey players who obviously aren't getting paid the same as men. Of course, we saw this uh, previously with the World Cup games and how the women's soccer players were getting paid. But what do you guys think about this? Should should the um, USA Hockey Federation just pay the women their worth and pay them the same as men? Or what do you think? Should the women just play on and, I don't know, the money will come later? So I'll start with you, James. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? I mean, it's pretty sad to be in 2017 and that women are still fighting for their rights. I feel like if they lace up, they lace up their shoes, they put on the pads, just like just like men do. So why can't they get paid? You know, it's it's sad. You know, it's it's sad. It's sad for sports. It's sad for everything. Like you know, like it puts us back to 1920. And Ray, before I ask you, I want to also add that USA Hockey confirmed that they have begun reaching out to alternate players to determine their availability. So basically, they started reaching out to other people who they thought maybe would not mind the current wage. Um, that they're paying the women. So, Ray, Ray, what is your thoughts on this? Why are we still having to have this conversation, and why aren't these women getting treated fairly before they play in a, you know, a game for the USA? I feel like it's a double, double. I don't want to say double negative, but a double bad, whatever the word would be, because not only it seems like it's very common in USA sports period. Because I remember the soccer team had a similar issue, where they were complaining that they weren't getting enough money in comparison to the men's soccer team. And then also with hockey, hockey seems to always be behind in the times anyway because whether it be racial issue, race issues, relations, uh, country relations, it's, it's a lot of things because, um, as you know, hockey is not a very diverse sport. It's only a certain amount of people, a certain type of person that plays that sport. So just diversity and equality in hockey is always a, a huge issue. So it doesn't surprise me that the women are complaining or not necessarily complaining, but fighting for their right to make equal wages. I definitely agree with them, but it seems like whether the fact that it's USA national team and hockey combined, they're just in a lot of trouble. It's going to be a while before the issue gets resolved. That's yeah. Crazy. And I mean, 
I mean, you guys both said it, and I love that we have two males saying this because I feel like, unfortunately, sometimes when you hear it just from women, it doesn't get taken the same, which is, which is horrific. But anyways, I mean, it's crazy. These women are playing the same sport as men. Pay them the same. They're competing for our country, just like you said, Reyes. The women's soccer team was. Like, I don't even know why this is still an issue. I think don't go behind their back. I'm happy they're boycotting, making a statement, and I'm happy we're talking about this story because, unfortunately, it was not talked about enough, and these women deserve to get the same respect as every other sports story. Pay them the same. I, I will say hockey has made a little bit of strides. I know they started the new women's hockey league in the U.S., which is exciting. Um, now women who play college hockey don't have to go to Canada or some of these other countries. They can play for the four-member uh, teams right here in the U.S. But I just I hope next time we come on the show that it's not an issue and they've come to a resolvement because, it's like I said, it's 2017, folks. Women and men are doing the same thing. Pay them the same. And let's all cheer for the USA because we're equality and we all want to support each other. Right. But Kelsey, now going on. Yes. Hold on. I'm sorry. But not to take away from this great topic you just said, but did you hear the word that uh, Ray used? He said something about double something. Uh, can you repeat that word, Ray? Because uh-huh. I remember the last time, <laughs> last time I said a word on here, you guys took me to the ringer. So I want to hear that word you said again. It was double something, Ray. What was that I word? I said double uh-huh. negative. It's different. I used the wrong no, no, word. No, 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 you no, made no, no, up no. a you word. You wanted to say double negative, but you said it He's dragging you. Want- can we rewind the tape, please? Could you could you please say that? I ain't gonna rewind the tape on a live show. What are you talking about, <laughs> Kelsey? Are you, He's continue, trying to Kelsey. Drag you. Producer, He's producer, trying to drag you. producer, producer. <laughs> yo, you said something. It was double something. He said producer. <laughs> but I am the producer. What do you oh mean? Oh my gosh, you guys are really the brothers I never had. Um, okay, moving on. Now we're gonna move. We're gonna move in from ice to the south. We're going to Arkansas, where there has been a lot of controversy because a new line, a new law signed by Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson on Wednesday would have allowed concealed weapons to be carried into sporting events and a variety of other locations within the state. Now, the Democratic representative Greg Ledding said, expressed his belief that firearms at sporting events could potentially be a dangerous mix. People like to have a good time, he said, before the game, during the game. But he said people get emotional and angry during the game. I think the idea of introducing loaded weapons into those situations is just ridiculous, which is something I have to agree with. But why this is a controversy, University of Arkansas and Arkansas State University officials opposed the initial law and called for the decision of allowing concealed weapons on their campuses to remain with the school. So the campuses would like to to decide themselves if they can allow guns in stadiums and things like that. So I want to talk to you guys about that. I mean, what, well, I'll start with you, Ray. You have a family and I know you take them to sporting events and different sporting games. If a law passed like this, and let's say it wasn't Arkansas, let's say it could be anywhere. I mean, what would you, what would you think about it? Cause I, of course I know people claiming the second amendment, but what would you say on it? Well, see with this one, it's kind of, I'm kind of conflicted because I'm all for the right to bear arms and to carry your weapon legally if you have, you know, your permits and everything, guns registered, you're following the law. But I don't feel like they're necessary to be at sporting events because those are events where you're going to have fun. But there's a lot of people that are paranoid. There's a lot of crazy things that happen in the world. So people feel like they need to protect themselves at all times. So I'm really conflicted with this. Like if it was the security guards that were uh, the ones carrying loaded weapons and they were the only ones with the weapons, then I would be, I would understand it a little bit more, but for every single fan to come, not, not maybe not every fan, but for fans to be in there with the weapons and then they'll also be serving alcohol at the same time, it could be a minor altercation that could turn into a whole different situation 
off of something real mm-hmm. small. So I don't. I, I feel like they need to maybe reevaluate this gun law. Maybe have some really strict uh, guidelines to it, to where you have to go through some type of screening, or you have to you can potentially bring your weapon, but it can't be loaded. Like it has to be a lot of different rules and, and strict restrictions on it because. It, something really small could get out of hand very quick, especially once alcohol is involved. All I gotta say is no guns in stadiums, man. If you're not a cop, no guns. Wow, okay, I like it. Short, simple, and to the point. So, <laughs> go ahead, Ray. No, I was gonna say, uh, I know we did a poll online on Twitter, and uh, I wanted to go over the poll with you guys because I thought that, like I said, it was a very touchy subject because of the fact that a lot of people feel like it's a law, like you have the right to bear arms. So. Uh, we put the poll on Twitter. 82% actually opposed the law. So a lot of people are with you, with James. If you're not security, yeah. you don't need a weapon. And, that, and I, I can totally understand that aspect of it, too. So to each his own, yeah, and just, hopefully nothing happens, it, nothing bad happens scary. from it. It's scary because I feel like I agree with you, Ray. Like, I mean, I feel like, of course, I understand the right to bear arms, but also at a sporting event, like you said, when you have alcohol involved, you know, people get crazy over their sports teams. I mean, we see people burning jerseys when players leave teams. I mean, you just never know what can happen. And right now, the reason why I love going to sporting events is because, you know, you can sit next to somebody with a different religion, you know, race, color, I don't care. And everything can be different about the two of you. You can be from different parts of the country. But you guys are cheering on the same team. But also sometimes we know you sit next to somebody, you know, who's who's different than you. And I know we've all seen those annoying people at sporting games who get on everyone's mm-hmm. nerves who you think is doing the most. And some people have, you know, short tempers. And unfortunately, I think it's because those people who have those short tempers, it's scary because I would be scared, you know, people do have a gun now of course i agree sometimes we live in a state of fear where you know you just don't know what's going to happen and you want safety but anybody that's been to a football game knows the security you have to go through is ridiculous so i feel like i feel pretty safe um at a sporting event i know i have bags the dogs that's my bags and stuff and i'm going through media i have like three people check my bag i have to walk through the metal detector so right now i think just let's just keep sporting events you know a safe place for families and I just feel like for now, like, let's just keep guns out of them. Keep them in your car. Go get them. I don't know when you're done the sporting event. That's how I feel. But even in a, in, in a, in a stadium parking lot, you know, like, you shouldn't have them, period, man. It is but scary, I'll... too. It's scary. But it's just like, right, you're going to have, I mean, James, you're going to have those people, you know, who keep talking about the amendment and saying, you know, they have the right to. So, like, you know, how far can you go? I mean, why did you need a gun going to watch a game? Like, it don't make no sense. Yep, and I will say, so we all will have eyes on Arkansas and the universities and what they choose to do, because I think what they choose to do, other states will look at, and who knows, maybe when we are all old people with gray hair, um, you know, who knows what, if that will be the new norm, it's kind of scary to think about. I agree. All right, so uh, before we wrap this show up, we want to go ahead and make sure we hit our crowd noise section of the show. We're going to touch base with a lot of the polls that we posted online. Two of the major polls that caught a lot of attention was uh, when NBA commissioner Adam Silver sent out a strongly worded memo to owners about resting their players. Um, how Will this memo have any impact on the game or on the players when you want to listen to it? 75% of our fans said no. So pretty much they feel like that was a waste of paper. So, Kelsey, I'll ask you, how do you feel about the memo? You think the memo have an impact? I feel like, I mean, it's great he did, and I feel like he had to. But do I think it will have an impact? No, because at the end of the day, the coaches want to win. If your best player needs rest, and especially if you're playing a team that, you know, or a game that you feel like you don't need, they are going to rest them. And I know it's a hard place to be in because, of course, you have the big TV companies wanting money and fans not being happy. I mean, I remember covering a Wizards game and LeBron James 
Um, I mean, Kevin Durant was out one game last year. He sat out, and people were obviously mad because they came to see him. Of course, he was coming back home last year, uh, last season. But at the end of the day, Adam Silver, I mean, props to you for saying that, but will it make a difference? So, like I said, at the end of the day, teams want to win, so if they think resting their best player will help them, they're going to do it regardless because even finding them is like a little slap on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, you got to come up with a bigger fine. And uh, Carmelo said it said it the best, I think. He said, if you're not a veteran of 10 years, you don't need to rest. You're playing the game, and you're getting paid for it well, real well. So, listen, man, it's part of the game. I want to go to another poll that we posted online. Um, LeBron James has said that sitting out of the NBA games is viewed, di- is viewed differently when he does it than it is for other players. Because like we said on the previous show, Popovich, he had his players doing it for a while now. So do you guys agree mm-hmm. that LeBron gets treated differently because he's sitting versus others? Uh, the Twitter poll, the results from that was 63% agree that LeBron is treated unfairly or treated differently than other players in regards to that. So, Kelsey, what do you think? I mean, of course. I feel like that's a simple answer. Anytime you're a star or the GOAT, as we like to call LeBron James, of course you're going to get treated differently because LeBron, he attracts so many people, so many fans. He's a big percentage of the the money the NBA brings in because I think already people are thinking about who's going to take over his realm uh, when he leaves the NBA, who's going to be that next superstar that can bring in the bucks that LeBron James does so of course he gets treated differently and of course I mean I know it's not fair but life isn't fair so it's something he kind of has to accept I know a lot of stuff hasn't been fair for him in general but I mean the fans pretty much said it of course he's going to get treated differently and unfortunately we want to see him play all 82 games play the games man play the games <laughs> play the games, play the games. Fans, fans want to see it man play the games man keep it simple keep, keep it simple. that's play pretty much games. it play the games all right so <laughs> yeah. for the last poll the last poll I want to touch on uh you guys like you said play the games Tiger Woods. I know it's a little off topic, but Tiger Woods, uh, he's had another injury. He may miss another big tournament. Is his career finished? Uh, we put a poll up online. It was a pretty split down the middle, 50-50. 50% of the fans said he's done, donezo. 50% said he could come back. So I'm going to ask you guys, because this poll, this poll received a lot of votes online. How do you guys feel about that? I'll let James go first. Yeah, you know, I got to put my little spin to it. I feel like ever since he his escalator hit that tree, it was over for him. <laughs> ever since his wife caught him cheating, Tiger Woods. And came out with the golf club. <laughs> yeah, that golf club, you know, it changed his life. You know, it changed his life forever. Uh, honestly, let me go back a little further. His career has been gone through the ringer ever since he said he wasn't back. What? That's when his career, that's when his career went, <laughs> went further down the line. And it went, oh my god! It turned to the what worst. show? <laughs> all right, James, let me save you. Let me save you. <laughs> no, you're not gonna save me. That's what he said. He said he wasn't black. Oh my y'all gosh! I don't remember that. Well, I'm gonna come up with a more logical answer. <laughs> And I'm going to say, Tiger Woods, I mean, Tiger, we love you. You've been great. We've supported you no matter what you've said. I will say you've had fans. Um, But after your first back surgery you had three years ago, you missed your first Masters in 2014. And then you missed three of four Masters. I would just hang it up. I like what Scott Van Pelt said. He said, it's time to come home. Come home, Tiger, relax. He's got a new book out, the 1997 Masters, My Story. He's going to make a lot of money doing that. And, you know, just watch it because I think he's getting older. His body's not doing what it used to do. I know he wants to get back physically, but it's just not going to happen. So, Tiger, I mean, you had a great career. I think, you know, just get into broadcasting, writing books, and make the money that way. Be Obama's <laughs> golfing buddy or something. I don't know. <laughs> they go kill you with another plug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I was All right. you, guys, you guys don't remember when he said that? Oh my gosh! Ray I'm about to pull the plug before he get us kicked off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All 
All right, well, we had a pretty great show, man. Uh, we want to make sure we thank our guests for calling in. Uh, Kelsey, make sure we shout out to him and send him a uh, edible arrangement or something nice. You know, get him All a little right, healthy because he makes sense. All right, and uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you check us out on social media. Uh, Threes of Crowd Sports. I'm the other Ray J. We got the real K and Nelson and Hippinson and sponsors. Yeah. If you want to uh, contact us, make sure you reach us, reach out to us via email. Threes of Crowd Sports at gmail dot com. Did I get it right that time, Kelsey? You did. I'm proud of you. Good job. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right. Make sure you guys check us out. <laughs> check us out next Sunday at 8 o'clock. And follow us on social. Bye. Peace. R.I.P. to the competition. Step, step, step coming,